Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And today we are sitting in a very windy, wonderfully fresh aired environment um, on the roof of the hub, Ibiza, the co-working space where um, our studios are based of the Reset Rebel. And I'm very grateful to be joined by today's guest who I met at a women's entrepreneurs brunch um, just the other week in Santa Catrudas at the Chicoria wonderful lady gave a fascinating talk about uh, her life her journey thus far and i'm very delighted to introduce iris van der graaf <laughs> good morning oh no good afternoon uh, time no, flies most people don't know what day it is or, or what time it is in ibiza yeah but i am <laughs> yeah i'm watching around me and it's it's a crazy day yeah the sun is gone and it changes my time perspective yeah, it's uh, it's been grey for a really long time now, and it's just time to, yeah, get Abitha to bucket its ideas up and bring back the sunshine. I'm very excited about summer, but you're actually leaving us this week. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. One more day here, and uh, I had a great time here. I've been six months on the island, so I've seen quite share of things. I mean, I wanted to grab this opportunity before you uh, sadly leave us and depart this uh, fair white island. And, you know, what have you been up to while you're here? Give us a little uh, get a little rundown of events. Um, I came here for the yoga retreat and I love to do yoga. I've never been on Ibiza. It was always on my, on my list. And now there was time, opportunity. And with all the lockdowns, I prefer the lockdown on Ibiza above my... Uh, little apartment in Rotterdam so I decided to come here and I did so many beautiful things going into the nature um, meditating in uh, circles doing Te Moscow dancing going to underground clubs meeting producers and DJs everywhere for example you have been busy my dear yeah 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 I've been quite busy I've met so many people in so many different circles for me, it was uh, like a sabbatical. I haven't been working for eight, nine months now. And when I'm doing nothing, I'm doing a lot of things. Studying, learning, connecting with new people, meditating, thinking about my business and how to build it for the future. So, yeah, doing nothing. Doesn't sound like doing nothing to me. If that's your version of doing nothing, I, I God, God knows what your working life is like. <laughs> I can only imagine. In fact, I already know because you told us that story when we were at the, the, the working brunch. But, you know, I think Ibiza is a good place to sort of uh, tap out of reality for a while and kind of like take a bit of a rain check and, and see what's what. Um, obviously, you can get incredibly sidetracked and distracted by all the wonderful things that do go on here. Um, but if you do, you know, just want to take stock and have a little think about things you know I think that's exactly what you have done here but you've also had a very powerful time in terms of the kind of manifestational um, experience of of what you came here thinking you know that you were going to be doing here and then eventually you know kind of coming here and, and, and getting the job of your dreams yeah for me it's important to always prepare the next step to uh, transform my organization to transform myself into an even better future 
to experience even more freedom and fun and joy. And I was thinking with uh, around Christmas, when do I need to have a new project? And I made some calculations and I thought, hmm, would be nice to go looking for a job in January. And then week two of January, someone sent me a text on LinkedIn. I've got a great project, are you interested? So I'm always sharpening my, my tools. Yeah. And then that's what's been happening here for for many months. Your new job sounds like like my worst nightmare, basically. <laughs> it's just like the biggest project. Um, and, and massive, extremely huge responsibility in my mind about what you've just kind of undertaken and I'm, I'm like you look calm as a cucumber sitting here and I'm kind of like I don't know how you do that because if I knew what I was returning to I'd be feeling a little bit nervous there we go apprehensive <laughs> I had the same feeling when I started being project manager in, in the project management and I, I gained more experience and knowledge and uh, confidence and now I can do a complete renovation of an electronic system, a distribution system, without fear. Because I trust in the process, I trust my colleagues, and there are so many professionals working together. If one person makes a mistake, it might uh, cost someone its life. So everyone I'm working with is taking its job very seriously. We do it with fun. We do it with a lot of pleasure, but we take our things very seriously. And that's what makes it more uh, safe for everyone. And that we don't feel anxiety at every moment, because anxiety is maybe even deadlier. I mean, tell us exactly what, you know, in brief, what the job entails in terms of the train network back in the Netherlands. Um, The trains nowadays depend on electricity. And they have done so since uh, World War II. And the system needs to be uh, renewed. The, the components, they get older. So we're going to upgrade the complete system. And in the past, every country had their own system. And we made some conversations with all the countries in Europe. How can we... Um, make the the installations so that the trains can travel abroad more easily and yeah we're working towards this global network Mm, not global european yeah i mean that sounds like a lot of responsibility a lot of big changes and trying to figure out which bit to do first as you explained in the talk and and obviously taking it piece by piece and day by day and not getting overwhelmed by the bigger picture i mean it's very easy i would imagine to get extremely overwhelmed by that and worry about you know doing it all but you know if effectively just like anything in this world to achieve a big project you know you do it piece by piece and bite by bite um so i was kind of interested in in your philosophy of how you tackle such things but i'm also interested i don't you know if you're happy to talk about this is obviously the fact that you know you're kind of operating i would assume in a man's world over there and how that kind of feels as a as a transgender person um the first question is how i I manage i prefer the the holistic view dream about the end result where do we want to be um, when it's finished how does it look like how will we experience using it um, as, as uh, professionals? How would the, 
the public experience traveling with the new system and then with this combined mindset everyone is going towards the same dream goal um, following our values so that's how the, the the technical goes hand in hand with the spiritual or emotional holistic approach and because if you if you use a tunnel vision um, the, the different parts cannot connect with each other you need to broaden your view so you can interact with all the things around you and make a system that a complete system that works with everything that's connected and I think being transgender gave me the opportunity to look outside of my old bubble. Uh, I've been born and raised as a man and had the opportunity to study and work uh, in, the, in the masculine environment as men. And it gave me a lot of uh, possibilities in my resume, in my job experience, but also in my salary. Then when I transitioned, I brought this experience with me. And I started to experience how is life as a woman. And then I noticed the differences. When a woman, a woman speaks, um, most of the time her message gets lost completely. Even if she's a professional or professor or whatever. When there is a single man in the room, even if he didn't study for a day in his life, the things he expresses is almost immediately accepted as truth. And when the woman spoke, it, it's, it's diminished within a few seconds. So, as a woman in the technical uh, realm, I had to fight more to be heard, um, which I didn't like, but it, it, it needed to be done. So equality between men and, and, and women uh, still needs some uh, some addressing and uh, maybe I've been a feminist all my life <laughs> yeah since I was maybe five years old I saw the differences yeah and it doesn't doesn't feel uh, humane to me because maybe we're different we're still equal and yeah I still love my job I can tell there's a certain uh, little sparkle in your eyes when you when you talk about it. I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about this kind of reintegration process in your new transformative, you know, place in this world and how you kind of feel? What was that journey like from A to B? Um, it's, a, it's a very unique story because the world changes very quickly. And I started transitioning when I was... Uh, around 30 so that's 16 years ago and I was in a very conservative relationship and in the end we've been together me and my girlfriend for for almost 20 years 19 years in total but I was raised conservative and she was as well so it was very hard for uh, both of us to express things that we needed and in the end, uh, we tried to work it out uh, in, in a new way. And uh, yeah, sadly it didn't work. 
but I started changing little bit by little bit and after quite some years I took the step to discuss it with my employer and we made some arrangements and in the end I lost my job yeah I've been working for them for 16 years but after transitioning they couldn't find a new project anymore wow I was getting good results and good grades for 16 years in a row and then suddenly after transitioning they couldn't find new customers so I was a little bit curious about this and I have been going for job interviews to companies that said wow you're the best for the job we need you and then the day after they they, they picked up the phone and cancelled because they had an interaction with their employees and the reactions were so negative and so extreme that they didn't have the guts to hire me and many 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 years uh, went by and I started working for myself started my own company and before I choose to live uh, solely on my own company I got some new jobs and yeah, coaching helped um, getting more confident and having conversations with many 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 people doing meditation having a conversation with yourself what do I experience what would I like to experience how can I change and it's it's a process that that takes every day of your life and it takes at least 10 years from the moment you speak up until the moment that you say oh I'm not consciously busy with the transition what was what was the first kind of moment of realization when you were when you started to listen perhaps to that internal voice telling you that you know things weren't as they appeared to be for you hmm um, it was a, a it was a great story for many years but I wasn't brave enough to express it. So I noticed it a long, long time before. Maybe when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I noticed there were some different needs. And I asked my parents for a nice pink sweater, very soft and furry, but they wouldn't give it to me because they were afraid I would get bullied but now my parents were the bullies yeah not realizing it and for many years I was afraid to sleep because I was afraid to give away myself in my dreams and yeah it, it's always have been there and when I grew up there was no internet and there was only television and you watch television with your parents and when something queer was on TV um, it was ridiculed made fun of and on 
birthdays with uncles and aunts. Always the jokes about the, the queers and the transvestites. And so you pick up quite quickly that's not okay. So I tried to push it away for as long as possible. But it took me until my 20s when I, I was finally getting uh, some search engines. Before that there were no search engines. And everything I found online was sex oriented. And it didn't uh, resonate with me. I was looking for some someone I could recognize myself in. A role model of some kind. And it took me 30 years to see something that I thought, oh, I'm not the only one. There are more people like me. And I need to investigate at least a little bit. Yeah. What, what was your fear when you say you, yeah, you weren't maybe perhaps brave enough at that point at the beginning to, to go down that road? Like what, what were you worried about? What was your deepest fear? Um, being degraded, being unloved, uh, getting sent away, sent in exile or yeah. To be alone in the world. Yeah. I picked up that somewhere when I was young that, that love is conditional. If you behave properly, you are loved. I was loved. And when you didn't behave properly, I didn't receive the love anymore. So I learned that I needed to behave in a specific way to be loved. And maybe it was my family, maybe it was something I picked up based on wrong thoughts or feelings, I don't know. But it was there. And what's that process of acceptance been like? You know, you, you look pretty confident and happy in your own skin from what I've witnessed in the very short period of time that I've known you. I remember walking in, you know, just a few short weeks back and seeing you and thinking, ah, oh, that looks like someone I want to have a chat to. And I'm very grateful that here we are and you're willing to, to talk to me. Um, you know, thank you so much. But I'm, you know, it's fascinating for me because I have no experience of this at all. And, and I, I love, love the fact that the hub you know, brings in people from all different walks of life and, and society and, you know, it's a great place, a, a good melting pot. So that's why I was just intrigued to your story. I'm very happy with who I am now. And I love I'm Iris. And I will stay in this form for a long time, I think. But I don't say forever. Because I still experience struggles internally externally almost every day of my life people saying he or him in different languages and uh, guys being uncomfortable want to give you a box instead of a, a hug or a handshake there's always awkwardness a box? In, yeah yeah like, like a fist bump and um, not knowing how to address me and even after I've been flirting with someone that the person asked me oh but what's your preference no 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 I like you very much but not so there's always 
every day that there is some sort of struggle mm. and also in finding uh, a partner mm. for me it, it's difficult because it takes a very specific type of person to love me and uh, not everyone falls in love with a transgender person uh, a heterosexual man preferably likes a heterosexual woman and a lesbian woman preferably likes a lesbian woman and so I can keep going on this is a very small punt how has that worked out for you in Ibiza on the on the romantic scene? Is there many other transgender people on the island? I, I don't think I've seen that many. I haven't seen it also. No. And um, my experience? Yeah, some guys wanted to come closer when they were completely drunk. So, completely drunk people are not very attractive. <laughs> Well, just give it a few more months and there'll be more more fish in the pond. <laughs> yeah, I like sober people as well. It's nice to have fun, but we're looking for something more meaningful. Even if it's for one day or a few dates. Yeah, I like more more, more depth. Are you on the dating apps? I have some accounts, but I don't use it. It doesn't resonate with me. The pictures are so anonymous. Um, when I, I have someone on my social media, I can pass them by in the supermarket because I don't recognize their faces. So I can swipe through the photos and, and it, it doesn't resonate at all to me. But when I go outside and have a chat, order a drink or meet someone at a fire or dancing, yeah, I love it much better than than the dating apps. And what? How does how you know? What's the scene like back where where you're from in Rotterdam or in Amsterdam or when you go out and party there? Um. Yeah, it's been many years now, with all these lockdowns. How's the scene there? Uh. I cannot remember. No. Um, similar. No, no big differences. <laughs> this is interesting, you know, I just don't know whether it's more fun over there in that environment or whether, yeah, whether it's better, you, you enjoy being here more. Um, even on Ibiza it rains. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's raining here, the sun shines in Rotterdam. And the clubs are here also very good. And in Rotterdam as well. So, same difference. <laughs> Same, same. What is it? Same, same, same. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's when they have it all plastered on the T-shirts in Thailand, but I, I can't remember how it goes precisely anymore in this particular moment. But I think, yeah, it's just an interesting, interesting thing. And how are you feeling about, obviously, the, the train network guys are excited to, to welcome you into the team. And, you know, sounds like that's a very different story from your previous employer, which... Yeah, really makes me quite upset and quite angry that, you know, people would obviously change their minds based upon one's external appearance. I mean, that's just, out, uh, yeah, outrageous, really. Mm -hmm. um, we're still living in a world with, uh, with a lot of people and we're living together. 
and even my manager can say it's okay we go, we're going to fix this and uh, the, 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 the chief officer can say yeah we're going to make it happen but then, then we're dependent on customers and the customers are dependent on their managers and they are dependent on their colleagues so it's a complete network and even if the first layers are willing to cooperate yeah you have to be lucky if the, the next levels can as well but it's 16 years ago so much has changed in the last decades so therefore finding a partner shouldn't be that difficult there should be lots of you know accepting people that want to be involved in all kinds of different types of relationships and i think you know maybe ibiza in the middle of winter when there's like hardly anybody here and there's less you know uh, of a smorgasbord of uh, different cultures and different folks from different walks of life i i don't you know i don't find I think Ibiza, everyone thinks Ibiza is like the land of the free and the open-minded. And of course it is to, to a certain degree, but I would say that's, I, I beg to differ. Um, I've met a lot of open people here, but closed people are everywhere. There are people thinking in new options and possibilities, but conservatives are also everywhere. And bigots also and even on winter there are a million people on Ibiza so there must be someone maybe I wasn't ready yet well exactly that's what you've said before when you're you know you're ready that these these things just come to you organically and I I don't know I think Ibiza is a very interesting place in winter it's you know it's very different to how it is in the summer and everyone's kind of a little bit hiding at home and, you know, there's not that many warm places to hang out, frankly, in the winter. But Ibiza wasn't built for cold weather or grey skies and uh, pouring, tipping rain. So, you know, the last few months have been, uh, yeah, like not for the faint-hearted. Um, I experienced a complete different winter because since I came here, I found a club. So I went clubbing every week. And where? Let's don't name names. <laughs> <laughs> a secret club. I don't know. No, no, no. It wasn't really secret, but there was enough that was open, and there were restaurants open in the weekends, and there were uh, private circles. So a lot of people um, took their responsibility, even ecstatic dance on a distance with with masks or uh, keeping uh, more distance and limiting less people inside. So there were a lot of options to get together as well. And I, had, I needed my agenda, my calendar, for all my appointments because there was so much this winter. Well, you've been here five minutes and you've uh, figured it out way quicker than I ever did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just being open and sharing your dreams, your thoughts, and just go out. If I stay inside my house, I don't see anything. And I was checking the, the Facebook for events and just went somewhere and noticed that the club was closed. I read the dates wrong. And then I met the manager and we had a nice conversation. And me and my friend, we were invited to enjoy uh, the dinner with them. And I 
having conversations for many hours and exchanging thoughts and, and things to go to. So just go out and, and connect. You keep on hoping, keep on facing your fears, just to keep on going. Just try, try, you just try. I think that's an interesting thing because you've obviously got to have the self-confidence to go to these kinds of things. I think that's what stops me from doing many things on this island. I think, oh my God, that looks a bit weird or I don't know if I really fit in there or that looks a bit scary. I don't fancy going there on my own, for example. Um, my boyfriend wouldn't be into, <laughs> into many of the things that I'd quite like to explore. Not anything too weird and wonderful, but you know, just like different things. So um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's very brave of you to have just gone out there and just got involved in in all kinds of uh, crazy things that this island has to offer. And I think those those are the magic moments where you do meet that person when things aren't quite as you expected, but then something else incredible happens instead. And yeah, I feel like it's been a long time since uh, that t- type of storyline has unfolded for me. And I'm, I am looking forward to a summer of um, unexpected moments once more. Yeah, I noticed your face, uh, your eyes changed when you spoke about events that you wanted to go to the eyes grew a little bit further even and and, and the twinkling is telling you that it's something good for you maybe it feels a little scary or uh, but that's a different layer in the brain and that one is, is holding you down but when I'm giving coaching and I tell people trust the eyes and when you trust the eyes for a longer time you recognize the tension in the muscles around the eyes so you can trust the eyes without even using a mirror you know it's something good okay Mm, not sure if I want to go to this but then focus on the eyes and you feel I see, I know, it's it's something I need to do. And just do it. And when you're there, you can always turn around. And and, and say, nah, maybe next time. No, I totally agree with you. And um, I don't know, something about when I go to India every every winter there, I don't care because nobody knows me. And I can go to those crazy, weird, wonderful things I like to go to, like... I don't know contact dance festivals or ecstatic dances or yeah and I don't feel like there is always that awkward moment of like oh my god I'm dancing I'm sober this is really weird and then you just get into it and and you know within half an hour you're kind of like throwing all sorts of weird and weird and wonderful shapes but I think yeah it's it's just that feeling of not being accepted or people seeing you in your real environment and people that know you or your clients even I met a five rhythms of dance thing the other month and I was like oh my god that's my that's my really important client and do I really want to start dancing like a weirdo in front of him and his wife and I did and it was just horrible actually every time I looked across the room I felt like he was looking at me <laughs> and I really went for it as well and he actually mentioned it the next time we had a meeting about how sweaty I got and I was like well what the hell are you supposed to do you've gone to a five rhythms of dance event i'm not going to stand around on the on the periphery just not going there for the reason i went which was just to shake off everything that was going on which was quite a lot at the time i just really needed it and it was like hmm now i know that i was uh, perhaps being uh, mildly judged all along 
which is an interesting thing because you go to those kinds of places open-hearted and open-minded and you know ready to 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 get involved in whatever happens next um but i think a lot of people you know cavort as as an open-minded person but there's still judgment going on in in every one of us at at some level and uh, the first person is myself when i'm on the dance floor and there was judgment it's it's me talking to me and even if you're especially when you're together dancing with an important client just be you be authentic and and play together we can be formal every day and it's important to open up and to become human again it's okay we're every people dances everyone sings so why hold ourselves down when we we see an important client and and trying to to express an image that's not completely authentic and authenticity is, is very important for me and it gives so much freedom it releases the tension it reduces the voice in my in my head just go for it I loved ecstatic no talking shut up just dance and communicate with the eyes and the body and the arms and the head and the legs and jump if you want to jump and go slow close your eyes if you want to go slow and then afterwards bring it into the job do you want to play do you want to go slow want to go fast change all the time i love it well on that note i think we're gonna we're gonna draw this one to a close but i uh, yeah I can see you're going to do amazing things when you get back to Holland. And I think maybe Ibiza uh, was a beautiful little uh, interlude in your life. And I hope that you will be back to see us soon. Um, Yeah, I will be back. But I have some important things to do in the Netherlands. Because on the 18th of June, we have a very big Pride event in Rotterdam. Uh, I'm a board member in, in Rotterdam for the Pride. And we expect maybe between the 60 and 100,000 people going coming to the center of Rotterdam from all over Europe and it's a big opening uh, event on the 18th and it will go on for eight days nine days and having uh, maybe a hundred different events conferences and meetings and Vogue festivals everything will be there so I will invite everyone to come and maybe we meet each other here on Ibiza, maybe in Rotterdam. But thank you very much. Thank you very much. So what's the date of that again? 18th of June. Okay, so if anyone wants to go to Pride in Rotterdam, you know what to do. That sounds, um, yeah, totally need a big fat street party, don't we? Oh yeah, it's a very big. On the main street, in, in across City Hall, and we build a complete village with... with you know the containers on the trucks? A complete village. And wow, it will be huge. Yeah. Well, lucky you being a board member. I think that's amazing. And um, it sounds like something I'd definitely love to come to. So uh, maybe I will see you there. See you there, maybe. Okay.
reset rebel. He's the reset rebel.